Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Stephanie Nelson's on the move, literally. A dancer, she studied with Alice Tierstein and Jumei Chu before beginning her professional career as a soloist with Anna Sokolow's Players Project and Wendy Osserman's Dance Company. In 2000, she founded the Stephanie Nelson Dance Group, a New York City-based contemporary performance ensemble. Described as instinctual, untamed, and edgy, Stephanie's choreographed pieces have been presented at Dance Theater Workshop, La Mama Moves, Lincoln Center Out of Doors, Jacob's Pillow, and internationally in Canada, Mexico, and Italy. Oh, and speaking of Italy, Stephanie is the founder and artistic director of Dance Italia, an annual summer event in Agropoli and Luca. With support from Indiana University and Sam Houston State University, Dance Italia has welcomed more than 300 students from 20 countries. Her work is rooted in cross-media collaboration with artists working in music, video, and the visual arts. And to that end, Stephanie joined forces with best-selling author David Shank, who wrote The Forgetting, to launch a new festival devoted to memory and forgetting. Her choreographed piece, A My Name Is, was inspired by a family experience with dementia. Stephanie also teaches weekly dance and movement workshops to adults with disabilities. Stephanie has also served as a choreography panelist for New York Foundation of the Arts Artist Fellowships and was selected as an emerging leader in the field of dance. So let's meet Stephanie. Welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. All right, Stephanie, where did this come from? So when I was very young, my mom took me to a ballet class and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I stopped dancing. <laughs> How old were you? Do you remember? I don't remember. I, uh -huh. I think maybe toddler, three, four. Like oh. I remember bouncing oh. <laughs> in a little tutu. Mm -hmm. um, and that wasn't for me at all. And then I became a little tomboy. And I was very athletic and very into sports. Being physical gave me pleasure. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't quite realize that it was dance when I was young. Right. So I came to it very late, which actually made me feel like an outsider for most of my dance career because I did come to it very late. And what's late considered? Um, in high school, really, is when I started to love it and commit and identify. And take lessons and... Uh, yeah. And what kind of dance? Contemporary. So Modern. You, it was never ballet. I took ballet class because you had it's to. good for you. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. And there's a, there's a rigor and technicality that's important. But as um, an aesthetic, it never spoke to me. So here you are in high school and you're doing this taking dance after school with the goal of what? Or was no, there no not goal. a goal? No there goal. There was no goal. Okay. I just loved it. And I, I took dance actually mostly in high school. Mm -hmm. That's where I studied with Alice Tierstein, and she was very influential. She brought in working choreographers. Mark Dendy came to work with us, and uh, I just found that I was super inspired by the people that she brought in in high school. And what did you think that meant to you or meant for you? Um. That you were inspired and you enjoyed it. I don't then, know if I thought so much about what it meant for me at that time. I never had any intention of becoming a dancer. That was never at all on my radar until the end of high school when I thought about, oh, where am I going to apply to college? Right. And so where did you apply? Um, I applied to, I ended up going to Cornell. Mm -hmm. Well, it oh, has a great dance program. I, they do have a dance program. <laughs> do they really? Yes. Sorry, Cornell. Come oh. on. <laughs> all right. They actually built, between my freshman and sophomore year, they built this gazillion billion dollar, you know, uh, new performing arts center. So we actually had You're incredible credit facilities. You're taking credit for that? I'm, yeah, because I was such a talented freshman. <laughs> Somebody threw all this money. They said, look at her, Stephanie We have to Nelson. capitalize on her being there. <laughs> um, no, it was very lucky. But I did only apply to schools that had a dance program because I knew that I wanted to dance. 
not ever as a professional, professional. but I knew mm-hmm. that that's what I that's what made me pleasure. happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it was going to be my hobby at school. And what were you thinking you were going to do um, I when was, you graduated? I was going to be a doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Could that be any further from what you've done? It, well, it's no, it's not so far because I wanted to be a child psychiatrist. Okay. And then when I realized chemistry was not my strong point. And, and that you would be going to school for quite some well, time. Well, that didn't scare me. I actually right. love you, learning, and I mm-hmm. think that's exciting. Um, I would love to go back to school now if it didn't cost $60,000 or whatever it costs. I don't even know. Right. That's, and that's on um, the low side. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway, I, I was very into wanting to connect with people in some way that helped them or was healing. I mean, that's not really a word that I like to use. It sounds a little new agey, but... That's what, what I've mean. been drawn to. And right. I feel like so now I teach creative movement to young kids. Mm-hmm. So is it child psychology? No, but yes, absolutely. So um, on, in some level, you <laughs> fulfilled that yeah. desire. I'm not an official doctor. <laughs> but I just when you, <laughs> Right. <laughs> when you were in school and you were taking dance and you were getting such great pleasure out of mm-hmm. it, you never really thought that you would take it to the next level, did no. you? Then what changed? I decided at some point towards the end of senior year, we did West Side Story. I had my, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to say that I had this sort of life epiphany doing West Side Story. Oh, no, but that makes perfect sense. It It was so brilliantly choreographed. Yeah, a little Jerry Robbins. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, this is what I love. So I'm going to put off, I'm going to take like a gap year between Cornell and grad school and go to New York and dance. This is what I love. And of course, the year turned into... Many years. Yeah, many years. But when you were in school, when you were in undergraduate school... Were you encouraged in your dance program? There were dance majors at school. I wasn't one. So again, I felt a little bit outside of, you know, I'm always sort of feel like I'm looking in. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very well nurtured by first um, June Finch and then Jumei Chu. Uh, Jumei Chu was really my my big inspiration at Cornell. What Um, was that like for you when you were cast in a dance piece? When you were performing at school, did it give you this incredible high? Oh, absolutely. It's like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like doing drugs. I mean, yes, I bet. Incredibly and it was like connected, nothing you experienced heightened. before, right? The feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I danced at high school. I performed in high school. It was that same, it's that same, it's, you know, we all look for moments of heightened sensations, mm-hmm. right? That's like when you think back on your life and you think about all of the like momentous occasions, there's usually some physical element that goes with it, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, it's an incredible feeling doing work that you believe in, that you love working for somebody who inspires you as an artist. And Jume did that. I mean, I was I was definitely a little bit in awe of her. Um, and so to be cast in her work, yeah, it was it was a pat on the back. It was hugely grounding in some way. And so when you graduated Cornell, did you come back to the city area? So I came to the city. I came home. Yeah, because you're from here. I started bartending, <laughs> okay. right? Because, mm-hmm. of course, you have to pay your rent. Uh-huh. The deal with my parents was they would help me a little bit with rent um, for one year, and then I was cut loose. And you're on your own, yeah. So I am the luckiest person in the world, and so I found a subsidized rental situation um, where I was low-income housing. Okay. In a new building. Um, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. My grandmother found an application, filled it out for me, and and I got it, which was, hello, somebody, I don't know, somebody was All looking right, down All right, so the stars me. were aligned. The stars were aligned. Mm-hmm. So I bartended three nights a week till 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. I would come home when everybody was waking up to go to work. Uh-huh. And then I pass out. Yeah, mm-hmm. pass out a little bit. And then go take class at the Cunningham studio. Paul Merce, Taylor. Merce Cunningham. Yeah, I was, I, Paul Taylor was sort of my, 
I was a Paul Taylor groupie for about a year mm-hmm. and then thought, oh, I'm going to try some other things because Cunningham was really where my college professors, they were they were based in that technique. They were Viola Farber dancers. Um, so it felt a little more at home, even though the reason that I love dance and the reason that I even considered taking a dance class in the first place was because we got free tickets to see Paul Taylor dance concerts. <laughs> okay. Whatever the reason. <laughs> blah, it doesn't, blah, blah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> so when did this turn into a career for It wasn't you? a decision. Yeah. There was never a moment where I was like, wow, this is it. I'm doing it. I was just doing it. And then... And, and things fell into your lap. I wouldn't say they fell into my lap. I mean, it's not an easy... This is no easy... pun, but it was sort of step after step, yeah. right? It yeah. all kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. There was a path. Yeah, you go to big auditions, you don't get the big auditions, but then somebody at the audition saw you and said, well, I'm doing piece. Would you be in my piece? And so then you meet, and it's a very incestuous, small, sure. beautiful community, and so you get to know people. And So did you find work fairly quickly? I'd say it took about a year. Before you could support yourself I, as a dancer? No, I don't, no. I don't think I ever supported myself as a dancer. Why is it so hard? Um, how many people do you know who love to go see dance? They're like, yes, dance. It's not a, it's kind of like poetry. I mean, that's so out of my realm. I mean, that when I sit there and watch that, I am in awe because it's not something I could ever, ever dream of doing. Because there's a technical prowess in what they're doing. So as an audience member... Yes. It's very impressive, right? You're, you're, they're doing like double turns. Their legs are up by their ears. Well, their it's bodies are extraordinary. extraordinary. They're taking. I, I, they have me in the palm of their yes. hands because I can't believe what they can do right. and how the beauty can be transferred right. from their bodies to my mind. So yeah. that's one of the. So there are a few pinnacle companies, right? There are a few, handful of companies who have a lot of money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Alvin Ailey being one of those companies, right? right. But I don't think their concert work supports their company, right? They have endowments, they have funders, they have... Yes, you're right. It's a business. Is it sometimes feeling that you're pushing a rock up a hill? It's a little Sisyphusian. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a word? Can I say that? Sisyphusian? Yeah, I use it all the time. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. Yes, it absolutely feels a little bit that way. And, you know, I'm somebody who always asks why to a fault. And Mm -hmm. so I have my daily existential crisis of like, why did I choose dance? And yeah, but you still a, soldier on. Yeah, because because it's home. It feels like home. It because feels comfortable. Because you have to do it. Isn't it bigger than you? I mean, you could do the same Martha Graham, like, I didn't choose dance. It chose, chose me. me. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't, did it choose me? I loved it. There was something about it that I connected to. And at some point, it felt like, oh, this, you know, th- I have the chills. Like, this is home. This is this is home. Good or bad, it's, it's home. So, so when you're auditioning, does one who is a dancer eventually wind up with a company? I don't know if it's track. standard. I think they're... they're Different personalities of people who people, some dancers are dancers and they want direction. They like to be told what to do. They want to interpret somebody else's vision. Great. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who at some point think, oh, well, I have some ideas that I want to try out and and see what I have to say and and see if that's interesting. So I think there are two different ways you could. And you've had your foot in each pie. I had my foot in each pie. Yeah. I don't really consider myself a dancer at this point. Okay. I consider myself more a of a choreographer. choreographer. Really mm-hmm. more of a director. I was just going to say, yeah, and a director. Definitely more of a director uh-huh. because I'm not so interested. I don't have a codified technique. You know, it's not Paul Taylor, Martha Graham. They, they all codified their own techniques. Yes. That yes. feels slightly egotistical. For you? In this generation, to, to I don't think people have codified te- techniques so much these days. Might not that... I don't know if... Because that's not fostered necessarily? I don't know if it's not fostered or if it feels like undemocratic or it feels egotistical. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Um, I'm more interested in being in a creative space where I'm drawing from the people in the room. 
I find that inspiring. I'm not so interested in making steps and teaching them to people. So if in your professional opinion, are there fewer Twyla Tharps and Robert Battles and Martha right. Grahams out there based on what you're saying? Oh, that feels like a minefield. Well, um, I mean, just in terms of how you see it, how you feel. I, yeah, I think I think the form is contaminated. There's a, in Europe, they call it contamination, right? There are all these inputs from all of these other disciplines. And yeah, I would say that they're, it's not as clear. It's not as clear cut. Somebody's codified technique that that's, that's specific. That they're that known person. for. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if you played, you know, a hundred people's videos, could, mm-hmm. could you identify that person? Oh, is that Stephen Petronio? Like he does. Stephen Petronio has whippy legs and there are things that you can identify as maybe very quintessentially him and maybe Kid Pivot. There are things that are quintessentially Crystal Pite and Pina Bausch. Like there are things that are And you don't fit into that category? I don't find that I fit so much into that category. Because there's more of an eclecticism with your work? Um, Because I really like working off of who I have in the room with me at any given moment. And so I can't afford to have a a stable company. Mm -hmm. I don't hire people for 25 weeks a year regularly. I tend to work with the same dancers because they make themselves available and we... We, it's more of a freelance pickup company. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it and it almost seems unorthodox uh, for the little I know about that. It's Versus, actually, I think it's very common. Is it? Yeah, I think it's very common. So how did that happen to you? You're dancing in, in with other choreographers, choreographers right. and then you know, give us a time frame for this. How long did you do that before you said to yourself, I have a voice? Yeah, that's a good question. When I was a Paul Taylor groupie, I was doing a choreographic workshop with one of his uh, main dancers, Christopher Gillis. And he said something to me. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely an aha moment where he was, oh, you should think about choreographing. You have some really good ideas. And I thought, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> me? Uh-huh. Me? You know, that's so that seed was From planted. the I'm not worthy? Was that your f- first? Yeah, I mean, I tend to live in that world, the I'm not worthy world or the yeah. imposter syndrome world. I mean, it's, I, I, it's I not a happy place. A there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it would be so great to just move out. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so that seed was probably p- planted in the early 90s. Uh, I ended up dancing with a bunch of friends. And then I was dancing with Anna Sokolow's company. And that was incredibly rewarding and inspiring. But at some point, I found myself, you know, not as excited to go to rehearsals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and having more of my own ideas and feeling like, oh, I, I feel like I want to get a group together and, and, and try this out and see what happens. So I graduated. Can I out my age? Is that? You know, I, I would. I was going to ask I you. I graduated college in 91. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that I started making work in the late 90s. Making that, your own work. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that I started liking the work that I made in 2005. <laughs> So it, took it me is, a while. yeah, it's, it really is a process. Did you have a mentor in that sense that you could bounce your choreographed ideas on? Did it was did you I, have a go to person? I didn't, and I still want a go to person. I have a, a lot of go to people, but I don't have that. But then you also had to have a belief in yourself too that you could do this and that you needed to do it, whether it's talent or passion. However, the stars, like I said, are align and come together. Right. Well, there's also. There's the question of, well, who are you doing it for? So I love being in a room creating with people. Mm -hmm. There's something incredible about that collaborative process and maybe less about the final product and what the show is. So I tend to be disappointed often with my final product. Uh Um, And maybe I keep doing it because I want to do something that I really love. And, you know, it's happened like twice. I was just going to ask, has it ever happened? Yeah, it's happened. And you just think, oh, my God, maybe I should stop doing it now because it's not going to be – it's never going to be any better than this moment, you know? But so what? Who cares, right? It's like you have an idea and it's not about Yeah. 
you but just have you, an idea and you want to explore that idea and it's it's fun. It's 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 making something. It's creative, right? It's and so you don't cut yourself much slack. Uh, I don't cut myself a bunch of slack, no. Because, but who can, I mean, right, does it matter? No, right, it I doesn't mean, matter. It's yeah. what works for you. So talk about the formation of the Stephanie Nelson Dance Group. So this is in the early 2000s, This right? is early. Yeah, this in in 2000. Somebody said, oh, I, they were willing to incorporate me for free and set up a, my company and do all of that. And that was very exciting. So I said, great. Maybe slightly naively without actually thinking <laughs> what that meant. Down the but road. I was like, cool, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a few thousand dollars to incorporate. Like, great. Yeah. yeah I can I write am. a mission statement. Yeah. You know, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I'm, you know, and which is why it's called Stephanie Nelson Dance Group. Maybe <laughs> not the, you know, whatever. Hindsight 2020. Like I probably. What, what should the name have been? I don't know. I would definitely would not be my name. Knowing how uncomfortable I am with mirrors and with speaking in public and all of that, it definitely wouldn't be my name. I think I would be much more comfortable promoting my company if it were not my name. And it actually took me you know, about 19 years to figure that out. So wow. call me dumb, call me slow. Okay, but at least 19 years later, can you just Which kind is of, like, here, here I we are, right? It, but can you just sort of say, yeah, it's the yeah, Stephanie Nelson I'm like, dance well, maybe group. I'll yeah. just change the name of my company. <laughs> but, you know, maybe not. The board's like, don't change the name of your dance company. No, just get uh, over for it. sure. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. I'm over it. Yes, I mean, if you want, you could change your name. Right. Keep, keep it to Stephanie Nelson <laughs> right. Dance Group, and you can be, right. you know, Susie Jones right. or whatever. So I'm going to be Susie Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible name. Sorry. Um, I had a pen name, Sam James. That was my pen name. All right, there you go. Yes. So how large was your dance company? Basically between five and seven people, depending on the project. And did you do all the choreographing? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could say I did the choreography, but it's always in collaboration with the dancers, which is how I tend to credit almost every piece I make because it absolutely is in collaboration with the dancers. Because like I said, I am not interested going into a room and making up a phrase and then giving it to somebody to do. That's not that's not interesting to me. When you started your dance company, in addition to being the choreographer, were you dancing? I was dancing. And so... That's a lot, isn't it's, it? It's a little bit tricky yeah. to be in and out. I, I tended not to perform so much in the first iteration of a piece, so mm-hmm. I would make it uh, and then maybe do the second iteration of it once I already knew what it was. When your dance group got off the ground, were you able to enjoy that? I don't know if we're off the ground. That's a really <laughs> – I mean, listening to you read all of the accomplishments, yeah, we're somewhere off the ground, right? But I don't know if I truly feel like – What would make that – how would I, that change for I you? I really don't know. But I you're, don't know. You've got a lot on your plate. You're doing a lot of stuff. I'm doing you start a, lot a dance of stuff. company in Italy. You you're doing a festival. I don't understand why you don't get this. Yeah. You know, you're not just sitting at home. Um, I'm definitely not just sitting at home. You know, your mind is working as well as right. your body. Because there's always more, right? You could always be doing more. There's All right, always but like... you're also but you're also doing. Your pieces have been presented at different places. Yes. You have to acknowledge I'm not lying here, what you know, yes. in terms of the introduction. Yes. Maybe it's hard for you to well, I could say that I feel uh, like I, uh, we're going to go back to this detachment idea and maybe, you know, this is a whole other like therapy thing that I need to investigate. But um, the idea of feeling outside. And so I didn't I actually didn't start like ma- uh, like the work that I made until mm-hmm. I left New York. So I went to Italy. I lived down by the World Trade Center when it went down. Oh, yeah. And I basically ran away. We okay. ran away to Italy. We were like, let's just go. Yeah. My partner. And, then and so I, your company sort of folded for the time or so went on was, a hi- yeah, there hiatus? Was, yeah, there was, it was pick up. It was project, project. And I just, oh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. You know? uh-huh. and I did you have up, a connection in Italy? I did not. You just said this it is was, where. It was pretty random. Wow. It was pretty random. I mean, I had a connection. I got married in Italy. So mm-hmm. it's, but I had never been to Italy before I got married there. 
And that's not such an interesting story. I'm not going to go into that whole thing. But so, yeah, so I got married in Italy. So, of course, Italy became this like romantic utopia of like, why not? Sure. Yeah. Hello. I'm staying. Doesn't get better than this. Yeah. So we 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 said we were going to run away for a year. Did you marry a dancer? I did not marry a dancer. Okay. I married. He's he's a music guy. All right. Well, that's still a connection. He's, he's creative. creative. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in Italy was when I started liking the work that I was making. And I don't know if because there was just less expectation somehow attached to the work because it was I was in an anonymous place. Exactly. And it didn't matter. Yes. And there's something really beautiful and freeing about that. And I still feel that. All the work that I've made that I like the best has been made there uh, or some so. element of it having been made far away. There's something about New York. Um, the intensity and the so pressure. It's so intense. It's energetic. It's incredible. There's always this sense of like being in a studio and just literally watching like dollar signs flying out the window. Um, and so you know, we can't experiment so much. It has. We have to set something and we have to land something. And I need to be able to take something we have to leave with at least three minutes of material that I can use. Right. There, I think there's less of a... Yeah. Like, well, let's see if it works. You can Maybe, breathe. You, know. you can breathe. In yeah. And I feel like all mm-hmm. the choreographers who are really successful here... They have their own spaces. I think there's something to that. You know, I saw John Jaspers perform at BAM. Um, That's a Brooklyn Academy of Music. Yeah, Brooklyn yes. Academy of Music. And he said, only when I got my own space did I feel like I could really be the choreographer I wanted to be. And I thought, oh, wow, I need my own space. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so you and, and you found that in and Italy. I, I have, well, it's not my own space, but it's, um, but there's it's, time and yes. space there in yes. a different way. Yes, the pressure is maybe not nearly as intense. I mean, New York is fast-paced, and New York. And, yeah. and, the, and the stakes are higher. It's urgent. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's beautifully I mean, the, urgent. Yes. For and, better and or for worse. the list is long. So you come back from Italy, and you, so, but you're, you're kind of commuting in a way. Commuting once a year. All right. But okay. no, because I came home in 2000 and 2005. Oh, wow. Came home in 2005, and I didn't start my summer program there until 2011. How did this dance Italia get off the ground? My high school dance teacher was retiring and said, I'd like you to take my job. Wow. At Fieldston. Private school in New York Private City. Private school in New York yeah. City with an incredible arts program. Uh-huh. And that wasn't really on my radar or something that I thought I wanted to do, but I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to throw my hat in this game and see what happens. Um, so I made it down to the last two people for the job, and I thought, if I don't get this job, I'm doing it. I'm doing the summer program that I always dreamed about doing. So I didn't get the job. And I started Dance Italia because I'm very fiercely stubborn. So maybe <laughs> so I that was decided that and worked that was for it. you. So yes. thank you, universe. I yeah. mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who knows mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. It was just time to do it. Right. Um, and so I started that summer, again, slightly naively, thinking, oh, I have free space here. I had taught in Luca. I was living in Florence in Italy. Um, and I ended up performing in these pretty big festivals, Fabrica Europa, and somebody saw me dance and said, oh, we're looking for a dance teacher at the studio in Luca. I ended up going to this studio called Fori Centro, and all the spaces in Italy, I realized, are empty in the summer. Huh. They're just empty. And for a New York artist to know that all over the country, there are all these empty dance studios open all summer, it was like, yeah. ah, you know, Died and went to how heaven. is this possible? And then I realized that it's possible because it's so hot <laughs> that nobody's dumb enough to dance right. in the summer that, right. because they don't have air conditioning. And so it's just so hot. But dancers love hot and it's fine. And so I started this program. I had free space and I thought, oh, I have free space. That's the hardest part. So I'm just going to I'm going to do it. And you had Italian and, students. And I had some Italian students. We It was pretty mixed. I mean, we have mostly U.S. students, actually, who come over for this program. Which is really hard to see any purchase. I mean, it's kind of incredible what it's grown into. That you started. Yeah. Are they there for the entire summer? It's a three-week pre-professional. Um, 
it started in Luca, uh-huh. and then we added on a program in Agropoli. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year we have a, a young artist program now in Luca. We have a somatics track in Luca. How did you affiliate with Indiana and Sam Houston State Universities? Liz Shea had we had been in contact, and I'm she's um, in the dance department at Indiana, and oh. I don't remember the actual moment where we it became some sort of official collaboration. Um, I must have reached out to her and said, "Hey, I'm doing this program. Do you want to collaborate?" <laughs> Uh, Sam Houston, I ended up, one of my choreographies was chosen to be in the Dance Gallery Festival. So um, Andy Noble, who teaches in Sam Houston State University, and Astrid Von Euser, a New York choreographer who teaches at Ailey, Mm -hmm. they have this festival called the Dance Gallery Festival. Part of it happens in uh, Texas and part of it happens in New York. So my piece was chosen and I ended up meeting Andy in Texas and then met him again a few weeks later back in New York for the New York part of the festival and had this moment on the subway. I saw him and was with my one of my board members who's been a long time support for me, Risa Cantor. And she, I said, should I, should I tell him I have this program? You know, what should I do? I, I, I really want to affiliate. And she's like, just go talk to him. And I was like, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I have this dance program in Italy. Do you, are, are you interested? You know, and he's like, yeah. And I thought, wow, it's really? It was that easy? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. You want to bang your head against huh? the wall. Yeah, right. And it was. All and we have this time. beautiful yeah. collaboration and Noble Motion Dance. He and his wife have this company. And it's just turned into this really incredible, that's incredible th- thing. Sometimes, Sometimes you just have to ask. That's exactly right. I'm you not just good have at to go with it. Yes. yes. I would be remiss if we didn't spend time talking about this choreographed piece, A My Name Is. And the fact is that you choreographed a piece that is devoted to memory and forgetting. What's the genesis of that? I have a family member who is suffering from memory memory loss, and that really is the genesis, right? I mean, it's heartbreaking, and um, I just felt like that I wanted to research and like kind of delve into what's happening in this world. And um, I got three happy birthday messages the same day. It's very hard for me to talk about. I always feel like I'm going to cry. Like mm-hmm, I, this mm-hmm. is why I didn't become a psychologist, right? <laughs> you can't like sit and cry talking to your patients. Uh-huh. Well, it's very impactful for you. It's very obviously. impactful. Obviously, it's y- extremely personal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also extremely universal <laughs> because everybody knows somebody who Absolutely. suffers from memory, memory loss. Did this pour out of you? Did it pour out? No. I mean, first of all, it's very hard to sell a piece about dementia. dementia. No Here, kidding. come let's watch people dance about you know something that makes people want to like slit their wrists and not deal with at all because it's... It's not an easy topic to deal with, right? So, And is it painful to watch? No, it's not painful to watch because you don't necessarily – I mean, obviously people know that that's the context, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the context. The piece is slightly absurd. It's playful. Mm-hmm. It kind of delves into the more the into, childlike part. Well, I wouldn't say childlike, but more into the absurdity of it all. And so there is something um, – you know, there is something absurd about it, right? It's like you you spend your life learning and repeating and remembering and then – it's all forgotten. And so from some very distant macro level, it's like, really? So this, this piece was bigger than you. Sometimes something I get an idea. Something comes to me, and I don't realize that I'm going to make a dance about it. I mm-hmm. don't decide. It just seems to be something that's in my consciousness. And then it's like when you're writing and you write three pages and realize, well, it's actually like this is the nut of what I want to say, right? It's like you – so it takes me a little while. I have all of these inputs of – of ideas, and then I realize, oh, well, actually, this is what this is what I'm. This is sort of my issue now, or this is what I want to investigate in some way. And um, do you so collaborate in your choreography? I do. I collaborate a lot. I collaborate with the, all the dancers in the room. I collaborate um, with composers. 
I collaborate with photographers, uh, video animators. I mean, it depends on the piece and the project. Yes, because I mentioned that too. That you you have this cross media collaboration, yeah. which is it's again not a natural so pure act. dance. Right? Yes, it's, it's not... a natural act for you. Yes, that's and and that must make you stand out from some of the other choreographers, right? Do you think? I don't know that you do something that's just maybe not typical. Yes, there are a lot of people doing multidisciplinary work. Would I say it makes me stand out? I hope so. Now, when know. you choreographed A My Name Is, I know you collaborated with the author, but I mean in terms of video or music. There were a few iterations of this piece. The original 30-minute version of it, which was a duet, which had a totally different structure. It's had some um, evolutions and isn't really what it started as. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked solely with a Canadian composer um, named Sahandra Bar, who I've worked with on other pieces. Um, as the piece morphed and developed, um, I brought in some other music. I have a piece by Jonah Kreitner. And so the sort of the true, honest nature of that collaboration was a little bit um, muddied. And when you finished the work, yeah. did it have it? Did it resonate? It's not with, finished. It's not. So it's it working. It doesn't feel finished. It doesn't feel finished. Not yet. I'm wondering if that will resonate with you in a, in a different way than some of your other pieces. Because not to say that your other work isn't personal, but it sounds it does to me resonate. That it's, it's different. Yeah. It's deeper. Uh-huh. And I also feel like um it's more successful as a the ideas in it. I, I really believe in the ideas of it. It's grounded. It feels like it has its own life that makes so much sense. I feel like it needs a few tweaks and edits, um, which I'm trying to figure out now, mm-hmm. obviously, because mm-hmm. um the next performance I would like it to feel finished. Is it sometimes difficult to translate how you feel to your other dancers? Is that a difficult thing? I don't find that to be difficult. I am very careful about who I choose to be in a room with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there is a structure behind the ideas that make it relatable. Even if people don't understand personally how I feel about the topic, I don't know if it matters how I personally feel about a topic. Does that make sense? If there's a structure, like, so thematically, how do I imply aging? You know, I'm not going to put powder in my hair and make us have white hair. That's a little literal. So so how do I imply aging, the aging process, physically on stage in real time? Mm-hmm. And so I thought of the ideas of gravity, right? Physically on a body, gravity is what Pulling acts you down. on our yep. bodies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so physically, the idea of gravity. So, so I have a set made with apples because, you know, the apple and Newton dropping the apple and it implies gravity. And also um, there's a stop motion video of a decaying apple over time. Huh. Because that's, oh, well, that pretty much sums it up, right? Our bodies, this apple, and the idea of repetition, yeah. constant repetition yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way to imply time. The, the At one point in the piece, the, the, the protagonist um, says, today is my birthday. She says it a few times. Today is my birthday. So obviously that implies aging. Is it some moment that she's remembering over and over again? Or is it, or is it each time it's another birthday and so she's older? Yes. And yes. it doesn't matter. You're not supposed to know. It's, right. it's whatever you want to take from it. What, how was that dance received? Um, it got some positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Definitely got some positive reviews. I found um, the people that it sort of landed on the deepest were caregivers. Huh. Um, and that the post-performance discussions after those initial performances were really, I mean, I have the chills. They were the most meaningful of that entire process. It As was, people shared? Yeah. It was this incredible, like, pe- everybody has a story. It's like everybody has... 
There are just a gazillion bubbles in people that need to burst, right? And so it needs these outlets. And so, yeah, this was – they, like, landed in the right place at the right time. Somehow the piece, however it was, contained and just long enough and not oppressive enough. and um, Whatever it was, it just – Worked. Yeah. I feel like it worked. Do you do that often, have – quote, talkbacks after? I do it more often now because I'm a little, as I get older, I'm a little less frightened of speaking about my work and maybe because I feel more grounded in it or I don't care. Not that I don't care as much, but maybe I don't care as much what other people think of me or maybe as I feel a little more more settled in myself and my ideas and I'm freer to talk about that. I I would love to be in an audience when that happens, you know, in addition to... I'll put you you on my mailing list. (laughs) Because this is so out of my... Hmm realm, right. you know, that I go and I appreciate. And how does the creative mind work? Right. And what was the spark to do this? Because I would imagine that that's just not done very often, at least when it comes to dance. Right. It's uh, it's done. Is it's it? It's done. It is. Yeah. I think with the smaller companies, it's done. Yes. yes. I, I suppose that's a much more doable. Venues, maybe yeah. it's not as, as often. But even Brooklyn Academy of Music, you know, Batsheva comes and they're a huge company and they have talkbacks with Ohad and um, Ohad Naharin, mm-hmm. who tends to not give away too much because he really wants people to perceive it the way they perceive it and not for him to right. sort of give right. them answers. But there there are talkbacks often with choreographers to so, provide insight into the creative process and demystify, you know, how, how, how we got to this point of what you're seeing on stage. Again, you can let me have my fantasy as I'm watching the right. dance. But right. then when it's over, wow. Where did that come right. from? And I think that only enhances it. Right. I do, too. I think it provides context. Yes. Absolutely. So what's in the works for you? I mean, your mind's always going, as well as your body, so obviously. In the, <laughs> so upcoming is the Moving Memory Project. Uh-huh. This piece will be um, presented there. Do you see more co- of those pieces in your future? I actually see, ones? I would like to provide opportunity for other choreographers to engage in that. So this year, it's my work, and it's, uh, we have a couple of films from the Living with Alzheimer's Project, and we have some panelists from Cure Alzheimer's Fund. We have Tim Armour, who's the president and CEO, and he'll be on our panel, and Karen Kind, and I would love for this to grow into something that becomes bigger than me presenting my work, mm-hmm. um, but really becomes an opportunity and a form to provide opportunity for other for other artistic forms and voices, yes, maybe and in addition. Yes, and it sounds like that's never been done before. And so the world could be a oyster when it comes to that. Let's see. Before we say goodbye, you also teach dance, as you mentioned, to people with disabilities mm-hmm. and children. And what is that like? And where do you do that? So I um, am affiliated with AHRC New York City which is a disability service organization. It's a huge organization. They serve tens of thousands of people. We have something called the Dance Initiative there, and we teach weekly creative movement classes to adults with disabilities. It's a huge organization. So they have schools. They have adult day service programs. They have residential programs. Uh They have employment business service programs. And so I've taught uh, some of the high schoolers with autism, um, but generally, we mostly teach adults with disabilities, and it could be physical and or intellectual, mostly intellectual. Wow. And it's incredible because... What a feeling that must give you. There's no expectation. Inc- you're just in a room and you're moving with people, right? And maybe you're having somebody realize they could do something that they didn't well, think they could do. Well, you're empowering them, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly satisfying. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Boy, you have your fingers in a lot of pies, pots, whatever. Pots, pies. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But hopefully you're getting 
tremendous joy from all yeah. of this and that you knew that you're destined to do this. I'm very lucky. Yeah, well, it's more than luck. I, I, <laughs> a lot of the women I interview say that. I mean, come on. Yes, you, you know, right time, right place. A lot of luck, that. banging your head against a wall. Yeah, and having talent. Rolling a ball up a ladder to fall down. All right, <laughs> but there's passion, there's commitment. Yes, absolutely. There's inspiration. Absolutely. And, you know, own it. I'm going to own it. I own it. Yeah. I rock. (laughs) We're ending it on that note. She rocks. (laughs) Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Sandy. I really enjoyed meeting you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.